and welcome back to the FPL Lounge podcast. I guess a special festive edition of the FPL Lounge podcast as we preview game week 19 that takes place on Boxing Day. My name is Chris Hopkins and I'm joined by a man that's definitely on Santa's nice list. It's Andy Case. Andy, have you been a good boy this year? Yeah, and I think that whilst I was hopeful, although I'm not usually hopeful about these openings, you'd promised me a festive, a festive one. So I thought, okay, good, great. And then you've got to use the same one that you used on the last show. Have I? Yeah, because you referenced uh, Foden and Grealish being on the oh, naughty list. Oh, I did, list. didn't I? I did. I mean, ultimately, a good idea is a good idea forever, isn't it? And it's a you know a good a good opening. For one game week is a good opening for for every game week in theory. I mean, obviously, like yeah, I can't use the naughty and nice list in June um, or you know May in game week 38. But I feel like yeah, it's still it's still good now. And you're definitely obviously on the nice list. I mean, I think I feel like you should be focusing on the compliment really. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, I don't know whether it's uh, an actual compliment or whether it's just that's the format we kind of follow in every show though, where you kind of say that I'm the better thing and you're the worst thing so I suppose wouldn't say it if it wasn't true Andy wouldn't say it if... and I didn't say anything about myself this time I didn't say that I was on the naughty list I no, you didn't. Like so basically pretty, what we've established is it was just an all-round failure as an opening really because it didn't tick the format and it was already already been used right well this is not uh this is not the festive cheer that I was looking for I don't think <laughs> in, uh, game week 19 oh, oh, so... Merry Christmas yeah, I mean, we've got so much to talk about anyway. And uh, let's be fair, Andy, as we approach game week 19, not not a lot of it is is particularly uh, good news, depending on on your perspective in FPL. But yeah, we will we'll, we will try and make head and tail. There's been quite a lot of a lot of news, so I think Andy and I are probably going to spend quite a bit of time talking through some of this week's talking points. But uh, as ever on our preview shows we'll start by running down the game week fixtures of which there are already two postponements uh we will go through some of those talking points highlighting those postponements and what it means for fpl we've got a few new players on the radar trying to take advantage of the fixtures that we do believe are going to be played we will be doing a swimming against the tide although in slightly different fashion this week before we finish as always with captaincy and who the heck is stat uh, so let's run down those fpl Fixtures for game week 19. Your deadline at the time of recording, and I guess it's likely to stay at this now, is 1.30 on Sunday the 26th of December on Boxing Day. Uh, that's because the two matches slated for 12.30 have already been postponed. Uh, those three o'clock kickoffs then on Sunday the 26th are Burnley versus Everton, Man City versus Leicester, Norwich versus Arsenal, Spurs versus Crystal Palace, and finally at three o'clock, West Ham versus Southampton. Uh, two evening games, early evening and late evening on, on Boxing Day. So you've got Aston Villa versus Chelsea, supposedly, at 5.30 and Brighton versus Brentford at 8. And moving on to Monday, the 27th of December, although not on Boxing Day, he still counted as one of the Boxing Day fixtures. It's Newcastle versus Manchester United. So plenty to discuss, Andy, and it's, I guess, difficult to know where to start. But I guess the headline sort of FPL news, and this is something that I guess we've been discussing previously on the pod. I don't think we we ever gave it maybe as much airtime as we could have done just because it would have been a rabbit hole that, that, that would have gone down um, endlessly and would have been the longest podcast probably in our history. Um, but we have lamented sometimes the lack of flexibility within the game, especially relating to coronavirus and the amount of postponements that there were last year and so far this year. Um, so FPL have acted this year and we have been gifted an early Christmas present, an extra free hit chip to be used, I guess, at any time in uh, from between now and the end of the season. Those that haven't 
already used a free hit chip mean that you now get two those that have already used it now get one the, i guess the only kind of caveat the only kind of rule around it is that you can't use your two if you've still got two in consecutive game weeks um i guess for me and i think like the free hit chip has always been one that i've never really known how to utilize properly i think like it's you know we were discussing this before the pod and, and i've always kind of tended to use it in the blank game week and i guess ultimately we don't know very often what our blank game weeks are often before the deadline or even mid deadline which fixtures are going to get postponed at the moment so the free hit chip might not necessarily be useful i guess uh, if for me it, you know based on based on previous years and previous usage um but what can it be used for and how how possibly could fpl managers take advantage of this it still feels like we've got so many question marks that yeah it feels nice that the game have given us this but how to use it feels still just as kind of cloudy as it, as it would have been if we had, didn't have it yeah it's a it's an odd one i don't think i mean there's two conversations right one how helpful is it and is it the most helpful way fpl could have could have helped us out and the other one now we've got it how do we use it so you asked how we use it i mean yeah i think the intention is that there will be more game weeks with lots of postponements we saw last game week there's obviously only four fixtures go ahead and i think one of the big, biggest criticisms particularly on social media since this news has come out has been well if you could have done this or at least told us you were gonna do this before the last game week some of us might have used that first free hit in that last game week when we barely had any players playing and it would have been a useful sort of mitigation against that um in that instance because yeah there's lots of teams mine included that had multiple people multiple spots of just blanks because though you know couldn't couldn't field an 11. so it looks like that's the most likely way it is going to be used and i imagine probably what the people at fpl towers intended for it this additional sort of chip to be used i mean take this next game week as an example as you mentioned there's already two games postponed if there ends up being another one, two, three games postponed. We we could be in it, which is which is certainly possible. We could be in a, again lots of people in situations where they can't make up a team, and so a free hit chip then you know b- becomes your best way out of, of putting out an eleven in, in in that game week. I think if it wasn't for COVID in, in in usual seasons, yeah, you've kind of pointed out that when blanks happen is often when when people tend to use them. Um, and another reason people use them is um, in double game weeks, although bench boosts and triple captains, you can't, obviously you can't use two chips in the same game week and, and bench boosts and triple captains are kind of seen to potentially add a bigger advantage in, in those double game weeks because you, you, you're getting more, more potentially out of it. But if your squad isn't, for whatever reason, isn't well set up going into a double game week people people can use the free hit chip often to to you know load up on those players that do have have a um a double game week so that that's that's also how it could be used kind of covid aside and i guess still could be now with with the covid postponements there will be um many kind of double game weeks to to come just generally later in the season that happens anyway but also we mentioned on the on the i think it was on the review show or might have been on the the last preview i'm not 100 sure but recently we've had had the had the news that the that the fa fa cup have cancelled their third and fourth round replays so that there will be likely double game weeks in 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 what would have been those midweeks in january as well so um yeah lots of options there as to how i suppose how it could be used i think the one you pointed out in terms of filling a blank is is it, 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 with all this covid stuff that's happening is, pro- is probably the most likely yeah i think that makes sense but obviously that that is dependent ultimately on you knowing which fixtures are going to blank 
before the game week. And as has happened so far with some postponements that, that, that we've had, we found out after the deadline and therefore your free hit is, is absolutely no use to you then. And I think that that's maybe one of the concerns that, that I've got with this. And yeah, take, using it to take advantage of a blank makes sense. But part of me would wonder if actually a second bench boost would have been more useful to me to take advantage of the doubles that ultimately come because of these blank game week some of which we find out midway through or midway through the game week i.e after the deadline so yeah you know very 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 useful and and, and it is nice and that you know ultimately uh, i i kind of do agree with you that the heads up would have been nice but it does feel like it's papering over the cracks of this season so far and uh, and and yeah you know i still think that there could have been you know uh, some you know, an extra bench an extra spot on your bench may even been a bit better than than this at the minute so yeah while i'm kind of you know it's nice to be grateful and not throw it back in fpl's face i feel like it's um it isn't the uh isn't the fix all that i think they possibly thought it might be and i think the reaction from the community and is pretty similar pretty kind of um kind of like okay but this isn't perfect well we can't second guess exactly what the thinking is but the impression on social media at least and maybe you shouldn't take all your takes from there so maybe i'm falling down a trap here but seems to be that um you know the rules that the official fpl make uh, and or change mid-season as they have here generally tend to be aimed at the casual player more so than perhaps those who might make or listen to an fpl podcast so um you know it's those people who last week used their free hit because you know they just thought that this is the obvious way, which is a completely reasonable thing to do, like, by the way, uh, oh, yeah, this is the obvious way out of this situation for me. But then they've, oh, no, now I've not got it for the rest of the season. Well, that's not fair. I wouldn't have used it otherwise. And kind of that's why they've brought in another one. Um, but, uh, but I, yeah, I, I don't think, so I think it's more kind of a, I don't, I don't think that they are necessarily giving it to us because I think it's the most helpful way to mitigate against, um, against the the sort of covid problems it's more so just to keep the casual player happy and and actually yeah i think there's a number of things that you i mean you suggested one there about an extra bench position that's not one i'd heard before but that might well have been useful like an extra five mil eight mil whatever that you could only spend on an extra bench position or as we've said before i think in um like you you play nfl fantasy and there there's like other covid things that that uh that that you can do there having uh, just basically swapping a player out for a game week if their if their team's fixture is postponed because of covid and, and then you just instantly get that player that 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 player back so for example in this game week imagine there's gonna be a lot of teams affected by uh, a lot of fpl teams affected by the fact that liverpool's game is postponed um you know you could just swap out those liverpool players for that one game week um for only you know equal or cheaper alternatives and um and then you get those Liverpool players back straight away for the, for the, for the next game week so it's sort of like an individual player free uh, like covid free hit whenever there's a postponement and that would have solved last week's problem as well any players from any fixture you'd had postponed you could have free free hit it out that 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 would have been a much more useful um fix but yeah so be it. I mean, imagine that would have taken much more, I guess, probably software developing from them in the background, right? And they can't, they can't be bothered with that. Yeah, no, I think I, I think that's fair. And yeah, even even I guess even if you had a player whose match was postponed mid game week, you could allow a replacement, you know, as you say, a like for like replacement to be made of a team that still has a fixture left. And yeah, I guess that 
yeah, if you're the last fixture of the game week, then that's tough, tough cookie. But yeah, you know, I, I think there's there's still more flexibility that definitely could be made. But obviously, adding adding a chip seems to be the simple way to do things. Um, let's go through those uh, those postponements, Andy. And they are so far at least that uh, we are recording on the 23rd, um, just before Christmas Eve uh, in the evening. So at the moment, the fixtures that have been postponed and they were postponed today are Liverpool versus Leeds. That seems, from what we hear, to be because of Leeds coronavirus cases, and then Wolves versus Watford. And I think Andy, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's because of Watford coronavirus cases. Um, now, what this obviously means, and I think the interesting wrinkle, I'm not sure if this if this is uh, because they were the early kickoffs or it's just complete pure coincidence that they were the early kickoffs, but these were the two fixtures that were scheduled to be at 12.30 on Boxing Day, which means that the FL deadline would have been 11 o'clock with just those two games. And as we've seen in previous game weeks, that means that if a match then gets called off an hour and a half before kickoff or two hours before kickoff among the three o'clock games, the deadline's passed. So moving the deadline back, it does mean that we are likely to at least know that um, which of the five three o'clock games are definitely going ahead before the deadline, which ultimately, and I guess is good news for FPL fans. And it only leaves us with three fixtures that could still feasibly, I guess, get called off before, sorry, after the, once the deadline has passed. Um, I guess from a pure FPL point of view, though, focusing on these fixtures that are, postpone Liverpool versus Leeds Wolves versus Watford I mean there are going to be plenty of managers that have three maybe four maybe five players you've got triple up on Liverpool Rafinha and Dennis then this is going to be serious problems and I guess therefore many are going to be you know those in in situations that dire are going to be looking at a free hit this game week yeah well absolutely and um I want a Liverpool triple up and if any more fixtures get cancelled that have some of my players in then then basically I'm in that situation that that extra free hit chip could well be better getting used I mean all, all the all the wind you know just done about it about how it's not necessarily the most helpful thing they could have done and then ultimately I might might well end up using it so it is of some use um because it might get me out of this hole in 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 in, in this game week frankly and, and and had I only had one I might be more willing keen to kind of keep hold of that one um, as I have done in the last couple of game weeks because who knows what else is to come during the season uh, but now with with two yeah it, it, it might well end up end up getting used and like you say this is only the start of it we're you know even more so than any other game week you can't necessarily rely on on everything we're saying necessarily even here because who yeah there could be more and then that would complicate things more further implications of whether you would or wouldn't use the the free hit chip I can only imagine it's only more likely that you'd use something if if um if there's more games postponed but I think it's an interesting uh, point that you teased out there about the fact that we should know about the majority before the deadline that's I think coincidence I don't think we know about those two earlier kickoffs because they're the earlier ones because it's still like three days before the games right and so you know it's been long enough now that we'd have found out about the others if that was there like three days was was what they were saying you needed to know or something but um um so so but just so just coincidence but helpful yeah like you say we should know of those five three o'clock games which ones are and aren't going ahead before we're making our final sort of decisions i mean it might well mean that people are having to stand by their phones or their computers at like one o'clock uh, on on um on boxing day to make sure that whatever you know permutations they've considered in their head depending on which games will or won't go go ahead that they make the ones you know don't bring in players of, of any of the three o'clocks for example that, that if they end up getting those games end up getting um postponed in the end but but yeah at least it helps that means a majority of the games that should be going ahead we might have some certainty on 
yeah, I, I think that's uh, that is incredibly useful. And yeah, I mean, what else is there to do on Boxing Day, Andy, other than stand by your phone and your computer waiting waiting to make FPL transfers? I mean, you know, Colchester, Leighton, Orient's already come gone a, come a cropper to COVID, so I'll I'll just be sitting up sitting at my computer doing, making my transfers. And uh, and I'm sure, I'm you know, if you fancy joining me, Andy, then I'd love to see you on Boxing Day. It'll be great. Um, I guess the final word, I guess, in our talking points, as I say, there is quite a lot of news uh, to get through. Um, we do know a little bit. Well, I guess we're not confirmed yet. We have more of a suspicion of when potential double game weeks are likely to end up being played. We've got, I think, three teams at the minute, sorry, four teams in the Premier League at the moment who have uh, who, or who will have three fixtures to complete, quite a few with two and plenty with one. I think only Man City and Newcastle at the minute are the teams that haven't had a postponement or don't have a fixture to place somewhere um, in, in game weeks uh, to come. So it does seem likely, and again, all of this is coming from at Brent Ben Krellin on Twitter. Uh, thank you for all of the work that you do. Um, we are, do seem very likely that we're going to get a quite healthy-sized double game week in game week 22, as Andy alluded to Um earlier that seems to be down to the fact that FA Cup third round replays um, have been scrapped and that's when the FA Cup third round replays would have been um, could also potential for some double game weeks in 21, 25, 26 28 and 29, there's some midweek um, when there seems to be some free fixtures um, or, or free slots I guess for, for some fixtures um, and they're also looking at a blank in game week 30 Andy that's probably going to be one of the biggest blanks that we could at least know about already and that's going to be down to FA Cup quarterfinals so any teams that make there won't be able to play their scheduled game week 30 fixture. I mean, that for me feels like a, a good opportunity for one of your free hits. And maybe if you've already used one, then I'd definitely be thinking about trying to save mine for then. Um, but we could also end up having having some, some doubles further down the line as well. So although as tempting as it is to use chips now to get through the co- you know get through COVID, um, we're going to have plenty of opportunities to take advantage later in the season uh, as well. And just, just for natural, you know, the occurrences that happen every year, such as FA Cup quarterfinal weekend, it's uh, important not to forget about those just because there's chaos at the minute. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, whenever you've got these chips and whenever you've got doubles and blanks, as you're saying, really, given in any season, um, you, you want to think about your strategy. In previous seasons on the FPL Lounge, you'd have heard us, you know, at points discussing what what optimum strategies might be depending on the state of your team and that type of thing but i think this year it's just very difficult um you you can planning longer term planning longer term strategic decisions really are difficult to to think about or come across there's so many unknowns at the moment that um there's lots of things that could affect your team the games that go ahead the games that don't go ahead when doubles might be when blanks might be let alone covid and cup competitions um it's, it's just you almost at the moment have there is going to be elements of luck throughout the season you have to kind of only think really much sh- shorter term because if you try to plan transfers or chips chip usage three four five plus game weeks down the line all kinds of things could change could change before that time and i think <laughs> reflective of that is the fact that in this segment we've um we've spoken a lot longer about talking points than, than we normally would do but i think all of them are are important the, the best thing you can do is is equipping yourself with as much information as as, as you can find um and the, the cliche that the fpl out bingo card for us might be leave your transfers as late as possible anyway even if this wasn't going on and listen to the press press conferences we'd kind of always say that but yeah this so this is maybe just an extension of that really get arm yourself with as much information as you can and um whilst you can think about possibilities if you've got time how you might use your chips if this that or the other was to happen there's so many this that or the others that that you you, i guess you've got to be flexible and don't and don't um 
you know, expect I'm going to get Ronaldo in in four game weeks time because you could probably can't be as specific as that. Yeah, I think that's kind of reflective on our radar as well. And I think one thing that you just said about press conferences as well, I mean, there's been a lot of press conferences today. I know that you've been listening to, to quite a few of them. And, and and you know, one takeaway that I kind of got from Stephen Gerrard was very much like, don't ask me about team news because things can change so quickly at the minute. It's impossible to say. And I think, therefore, I guess some of our radar has to be taken with a slight pinch of salt, Andy, because ultimately these players could get coronavirus and you know everything could, could go wrong or their fixture could end up being cancelled through even even if, if they don't have COVID or their team doesn't have an outbreak. But um, yeah, let's start with, with, with some Arsenal players, I guess, on the radar. Now, this is a little bit of a difficult one. Arsenal don't have the greatest run going forward, but they do have Norwich City next. And we are impressed with the underlying numbers of two of their two of their midfielders, Martinelli, who I think we put on our radar last week, and Martin Odegaard as well. Um, they're both differentials, both under 5% owned, uh, both between 5.3 and 5.6 million, and have pretty good expecting goal involvement, considering the players above them. Um, to what extent, Andy, I guess, is the Norwich fixture worth targeting, considering it doesn't get that much, um, it, it's not going to be that easy for Arsenal going forward? Well, given what I've just said about short-term strategy, I think potentially could be well worth targeting. Depending on what happens with postponements, if that game it survives and not many others do, then anyone playing against Norwich is worthwhile sort of targeting for players, isn't it? And obviously those ones, you know, in particular the attacking players that you're highlighting have kind of um, done well and got good underlying numbers in really good form consistently starting over sort of five, six, seven, eight games now. So lots of positives in 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 their in their um kind of direction that that make them worthwhile kind of assets. And um uh so so a lot a lot of the answer to that question really is is dependent on I guess clearly if the game goes ahead, but also what other games might do. Because yeah, I think like if if there is any type type of look towards the more sort of medium or or longer term strategy for Arsenal, their run isn't fantastic. And yeah, City and Tottenham coming up in the next four game weeks, plus a potential uh, rescheduled like Liverpool or Chelsea game as well. So, I mean, I mean, they are cheap. A couple of, um, you know, obviously Martinelli in particular. Uh, and so could could sit as your fifth midfielder if you've got the luxury of, of, of the money uh, to, to pay like more than five mil for your, for your fifth midfielder. Um, and, and and that that wouldn't be the worst decision in the world if, if if they're the person that's maybe coming off your bench and not starting every game week, but but perhaps you can use them to take advantage of the of the more straightforward ones. So um, that that's that that's helps with 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 the, with their price point. But um, if yeah, if, if this Norwich fixture were to disappear, that might you know even despite their cheapness, that might become a kind of a lot harder to justify a transfer for someone who's going to have like Wolves, City, Tottenham, and then maybe Liverpool in the next four games. Yeah, I think that's I think that's completely fair, and uh, and yeah, yeah, I think definitely keeping an eye on. No, on, on on that Norwich fixture, I think Andy, we said before we started recording as well that you know Norwich have had quite a few coronavirus cases recently. Arsenal seem pretty pretty okay, but but Norwich have had a few. So yeah, let's, let's wait and see. I guess on that one, but yeah, I think uh, I think they're both pretty good options if the fixture goes ahead and it is a three o'clock kickoff. So we are very likely to know before the deadline whether that one is going ahead or not. Um, Team that, on the flip side, do have a pretty decent run, Andy, going forward. Tottenham Hotspur, Crystal Palace, Southampton, Watford, their next three. Um, Tottenham do look, uh, at least on the eye, Andy, I'm not sure about the underlying numbers, but you know some of their non-EPL games recently have been pretty good. I think they look um, have, you know, have, have, have looked good in, in, in other competitions. Obviously, you know, their, their draw against Liverpool, they looked okay as well. Um, so, yeah, Son, is he 
coming feeling like a pretty good option going forward. I know we've spoken about Reggion and, and, and Davis as well. I'm not sure if we're going to advocate for Harry Kane just yet. Um, but Son, considering how cheap he is, extra point for a goal, it's going to be the usual case for, for, for him, isn't it? And, and Tottenham's fixtures mean there's plenty of opportunities to take advantage. Well, he probably has to be one of the highest appearance makers on the radar over the course of us doing the FPL Lounge, Son, because I think you and I both like him, think he's frankly a world-class finisher, world-class player. He could get in most teams in the league. He's under 10 million or around, well, he kind of has dropped at points below 10 million. He's around that sort of price. I'm not sure exactly where he is right now, but it's sort of fluctuated over the course of the season at around that 10 mil mark. Um, and he, um, which compared to, you know, like the Salas, Ronaldo's, KDB's, other players you might consider premiums is, is obviously a bit cheaper. So that's always attractive. But what's also additionally attractive, you've mentioned Tottenham's fixtures, which look, which look decent in these next three. But um, in the last game, Conte played a more 3-5-2 rather than 3-4-3. And the the significance of that is that in the three, Son's a bit wider behind Harry Kane, although getting past him a fair bit. Whereas in the two, he's right up there in a proper kind of two up front with Harry Kane, playing as a fully really a forward. Um, and that that means that he um, he gets like even further, it more touches in the box, more shots in the box. Um and look, looks like a, a real threat for goals. Well, I mean, he always looks like a real threat for goals, but perhaps even more so. So all those things point towards, uh, yeah, um, Son maybe, maybe, you know, looking like a, a great option. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, we, 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 we've said so much about him, I guess, on the podcast before uh, that, yeah, he does feel a good option. You know, 10.3 million is is a bit steep. Um, but but yeah, I think if, 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 you, know, if you have kind of enough, space for a premium midfielder or a second premium midfielder then then yeah I think he definitely could be a good option I mean they look pretty good at the back too and and you know the teams that they've got in the next few Crystal Palace uh, Southampton Watford not the greatest going forward Watford may be the exception uh, to that under Ranieri but obviously incredibly leaky at the back um so good opportunities for, for clean sheets and obviously Serge, Serge Reggion I think he is over five mil, but Ben Davis in the 4.4, 4.5 mark could be decent options too. Reggion also has that kind of assist potential, and I guess Davis has shown that recently too. And I can't think of anyone else at Tottenham, Andy. I guess the other flip side, or the other thing to, to maybe mention, or at least get your in, instant immediate reaction on, is uh, Conte's comment the other day that uh, Eric Dyer could be one of the best centre-halves in the world. I mean, what do you think about that? Well, managers have to talk up their players, don't they? They want to they give them confidence. I mean... It's weird how managers seem to fall under the, the Eric Dyer spell, don't they? He must be like a fantastic trainer or something. Like you get those players who are great in training and managers absolutely love them. I think I can only imagine he's got to be one of them. And also there's always been this thing about him, hasn't there, that he came through very unusually for an English player. He came through the Sporting Lisbon uh, Academy, um, or played at all their you know youth um, age groups and then Tottenham bought him when he was still fairly young. Um, and so that kind of gives him this air of like mystical, like, oh, he's going to be a technically gifted player because he came through a, Port a Portuguese academy. And But yet he's still got that massive, like gruff English centre-back look and style to his game. So maybe it's this beautiful mesh of two worlds uh, to, to create the perfect hybrid player. But I'm not sure that's quite how it's worked out. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I'm inclined to agree. As much as I, you know, like Eric Dyer, he seems like a pretty pretty decent geezer. Um, I'm not sure that I I would be 
Um, well, yeah, I mean, he's not going to be getting in my England squad anytime soon. He's had plenty enough chances, and uh, yeah, doesn't seem to doesn't seem to to, to perform at, at the highest level. So yeah, these comments from Conte does just seem a, a little bit a little bit wider than Mark. But but yeah, yeah, I guess Tottenham under you know with Dyer have been keeping uh, more clean, clean sheets, and that gives Reguilon and Davis a pretty decent floor. Um, another team with decent fixtures, in fact, the same fixtures as Tottenham, but just in a different order. Southampton, Watford, Crystal Palace is West Ham United. Uh, we've spoken about Jared Bowen and quite a bit but with Mikel Antonio rumoured to be injured or rumoured to have coronavirus it leaves West Ham with a gaping hole up front that could be filled directly by someone someone with Bowen's skill set well yes and some updated information on this actually that yesterday in the pre- in the press conference after the um the Tottenham game it's been revealed that um David Moyes did actually confirm that Antonio had coronavirus um, and obviously Bowen played through the middle for West Ham in, in that game in, in his absence. So that was interesting. And um, yeah, obviously, because uh, they keep these things kind of secret generally, it's personal, you know, medical information about the players. Antonio actually, Antonio actually tested positive over a week ago now. So there's there's talk that he could actually be back and out of his isolation period if he if he kind of, I think it's two negative tests then they need after that um, for, for West Ham's next game in this game week. So Antonio could well be back. He's still been allegedly kind of training on his own at home, so might well have kept up his fitness um, if, if COVID hasn't sort of affected him too too badly symptoms-wise. So so might well be back involved in this game. So so that that puts pay a little bit to Bowen through the middle. But, have ne- you know, having said that, what we said before uh, when, when Bowen was on the radar was that for, he is going to play even if it's not through the middle, he's going to play in a very attacking position. So given his price, given those fixtures, seems like a, a pretty safe and good option. West Ham only won one game, I think, in the last seven in all competitions. I mean, that will include, I guess, the Europa uh, League dead rubber. But yeah, still, I mean, they haven't, considering they have, they have had decent fixtures, they, their form hasn't really matched that recently. But um, yeah, I guess, I guess that win must have been against Chelsea, where they basically only won because after Masawaku spanked across in the top corner. So um, so yeah, not in the greatest form, but but yeah, but Bowen definitely has had some some pretty good underlying numbers recently and feels like feels like the play. And yeah, Southampton, Watford, Crystal Palace, you'd still expect West Ham to pick up points there. And let's finish the radar, Andy, with a look at your beloved Manchester United. Again, very good fixtures going forward, Newcastle, Burnley and Wolves in the next three. I guess it's also worth pointing out the reason we're only really focusing on these next three up to game week 21 on New Year's Day is because after that, um, the mid or the, the weekend after that is FA Cup third round. So that means we've got a fortnight before game week 22. Um, so yeah, it feels like a, a good position just to kind of you know stop and, and we'll, we'll, I guess we'll reassess after that. We should also know some of the double game weeks by then too. So we can start thinking about that as and when. Um, but those next three for United look pretty good. And the obvious play, Andy, feels like Cristiano Ronaldo, if you can get the funds to bring in a £12.5 million striker. Well, I mean, our talking points is almost going to be longer than our radar so far this week. And it's because, frankly, of uncertainty. And that extends to this Man United team. I mean, almost everything we've said, which, yeah, that you've, you've mentioned that three-game week run being a convenient point but also just everything that's going on with COVID. There's a lot of factors here that's making it difficult to, to look, look at past data and look ahead at good stretches of fixtures. I and mean, a lot could happen in, the, in that fortnight between game week 21 and game week 22. I mean, the radar, I guess, on the next uh, preview is going to be tricky because there's, you know, even trickier because then there's only two game weeks before the, the kind of fortnight break. And we, we still might not, it's only a few days away, might not have actually extra um, 
double game week information by then. So I suppose in that instance, maybe this week and next week are good weeks for managers to be thinking about rolling if they, if they can if they can in any way get their teams through. Because if there aren't like obvious sensible loads of obvious sensible kind of transfers to make, then 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 save up your 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 transfers for a time when when you, when you do have more more info if if you can manage to to cobble a, a team together, I guess. But um, yeah, I guess all of that was was is a, was a big way into saying that 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 the same is true, if not even more so, for a team like Man United who haven't played for a while now. I think I read somewhere that it was 11th of December or something like that. United's last game have had two uh, of the last FPL game weeks, but uh, they've had postponements in. So we don't know 100% who's match fit. In Rangnick's um, press conference today, he said that everyone, apart from Paul Pogba, is back in training. Um, whether that was a COVID issue that they'd had before or, or injury for a few like um, Varane and um, uh, there was a couple of others who, uh, Wambasaka and, and some others who might, might my mind escapes me now. But yeah, so so basically everyone is potentially in contention in this United team. Um, oh, Cavani, I guess, is the key one here that affects Ronaldo as well, was, was, was injured. So um, that... All that uncertainty makes even picking Ronaldo a kind of difficult, um, perhaps, thing or something we have to, I guess, at least flag up that there's a lot of uncertainty. Nevertheless, all that said, he has played both games. He has started both games under Rangnick. Rangnick has said he's never seen a 36-year-old in the shape that Ronaldo is in. He seems to be well trusted by him. He seems to be someone that um, he he considers like as a first-team player. So um, I think him, perhaps... And a couple of others, maybe Maguire and De Gea aside, the rest of the team is 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 a bit of a toss-up. So United have some of the best fixtures. They've obviously got Newcastle in this game week. Their rearranged fixtures will look good in the doubles as well. So bringing in Man United players now sets you up well, short-term and longer-term. If they're one of the few, like rarer, I guess, instances of a team where they give you that extra kind of flexibility over whatever happens. Um, so yeah with a lack of striker options as we've said a few times during the season Ronaldo then gives you um you know even if even if he's not going to definitely start all the games he's probably one of the best shouts of a starter in a man in that man united team that you can find yeah i guess uh, i guess the question mark and that you again raises with me kind of off air is that is he going to play all three of these games he is ultimately he might be the best you know in the best shape of a 36 year old rank he's ever seen but he is still 36 and united have uh, three games in a week. I mean, if I was Rangnick, I would rinse him dry for those three games and then give him a fortnight off and not let him play in the FA Cup third round. But, you know, I'm not Ralph Rangnick, so let's uh, let's wait and see. But yeah, Newcastle, Burnley, Wolves, they are very, very tasty looking fixtures uh, for for a guy like Ronaldo. And I guess ultimately, um, ultimately you still want to see a bit more from United going forward, Andy, because they haven't been that great going forward under Rangnick. But but if they're going to get get right, you know, these three games are a decent one to take advantage of. I guess Wolves pretty good at the back. Burnley haven't conceded loads and loads of goals that often. But this first one in game week 19 against Newcastle just looks like one of the tastiest ones off the lot. You mentioned Harry Maguire there. And I don't think Harry Maguire, if Son's going to appear on the, the FPL lounge radar more than anyone else, Harry Maguire, I would probably put money on to be one of the players that's never, ever going to appear on the radar. But with those fixtures and him being, as you say, probably one of the most nailed on starters, um, uh, you know, defensively anyway, the clean sheet potential is pretty high. And Maguire, you know, scores the odd header from corner. Is he worth a shout? A bit expensive. Well, I think as much as as much as I really don't feel like I can get behind this, I feel like maybe he does actually have to be a shout. Yeah, I mean, 5.4 is a lot. And that really hurts the thought of paying 5.4 million in FPL for Harry Chuffin Maguire, but 
he is um well he's the club captain Rangnick's still kept him as club captain he when fit has starts every game for united has under all the managers he's played under he and so i think would given that there's question marks over Bailly, lindelof baran wambasaka dallo tellez and shaw you can't be sure he's going to play in any of those other positions Maguire is i think the only uh, man united defender you can be fit like as close to 100 percent sure if he's fit is going to start so if you want to take advantage of that of United arguably have some of the best clean sheet potential over these next few game weeks. I mean, in terms of fixtures, that is. Obviously, in terms of their performances this season, you wouldn't quite say that so much. But two clean sheets in the league under Rannick, um, in the two games they've played because of this, you know, being which is being accredited to this to this sort of new system. I mean, arguably both Norwich and Crystal Palace had good chances in both the games. So I wouldn't say United are completely out of the woods on that front. But still, nonetheless, if they can kind of, uh, if they've managed to use some of this time to improve upon this pressing system, um, then then yeah, uh, I guess Maguire is possibly one of the defenders in the whole FPL game with the best potential for clean sheet points over these next four or five game weeks. Yeah, I mean, I guess um, you know Cancelo was uh, felt very nailed for a clean sheet and therefore an armband option last week. And I wouldn't go as far as saying that. Maguire, uh, you should be putting the captain's armband on him, but ultimately he has basically the same fixture and you, you would expect United to dominate the ball pretty much against Newcastle. So yeah, it could be a decent shout. I mean, I do want to give Diego Dallo a mention, I guess for four and a half million, he would be the cheapest route into United's defence. But as you say, Andy, it is whether he ends up starting. It seems to be favoured above a returning to fitness, Aaron Wan-Bissaka in United's two 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 games um, under Ranić before all of the COVID postponements. But I guess there is a little bit of a question mark and ultimately you don't want to be bringing in a player at this stage who uh, who has a question mark over whether he's going to be first choice or not. But yeah, I feel like uh, it's a bit of a risk. But if he does end up starting for four and a half million, could be could be um, could be definitely well worth it. And I think as you've said on previous radars, when we put Dallow on, um, you know, gets forwards quite a bit, has had shots in the box, so yeah, has some high upside. But it's, there is definitely a question mark over whether he's going to start or not um let's leave it there then andy there as you say uh probably longer first half of this podcast than maybe we've ever done but there was definitely plenty to talk about in our talking points maybe we'll make some time up uh in in the second half when we return we will be swimming against the tide welcome to the fpl lounge our preview show will always be out in advance of the game week deadline so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your pods that way you'll definitely have it in time to make some tweaks to your team If you can rate or review us too, that would be great, as we're really keen to know what people think. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge. Welcome back then. So, Andy, this is a slightly different swimming against the tide, just because um, I guess there hasn't been a massive tide yet but there is still time. So I guess we need to maybe possibly explain this a little bit, but and this is kind of like a bit of a buy or sell. We've done a few of these before that have sort of been in the guise of swimming against the tide, but I didn't think I'd get to this point of the season where I'd be saying this, but should you sell Mohamed Salah now? Well, 
that that's the question, isn't it? And I guess the tide we're maybe swimming against is those keeping Mohamed Salah. It's a, it's a situation. I don't think there's many people left thinking about buying him. If you're playing the game, you've probably got it. You know, if you're playing it properly, consistently, you haven't got what they call a zombie team. You probably have him already. Uh, highest owned player ever in FPL history. Almost three quarters of anyone who's ever started a team this season owns him. Um, so you're probably either only choosing between keeping him or selling him. And it's been an absolute, obviously, no-brainer throughout this season that you buy him, you keep him, you pretty much captain him every week possible. I would have bet that there would have been some people who might well have even triple captained him in this particular game week had Leeds, um, Liverpool's fixture gone ahead against Leeds because at home against a defence who've been absolutely atrocious uh, recently and conceded tonnes of goals, um, I think, is it, what, 11 in the last two games for Leeds? Um yeah, it, 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 Salah would have, it, it looked very appetising for him. However, there are now lots of factors we've been mentioning throughout the season, really, that obviously AFCON's happening in, in January, which, which Salah will be going to. Um, but um, there are now lots of factors that are adding up to maybe, you know, he hasn't really got many or any transfers out yet. And perhaps now is the time to capitalise on that value and, 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 and kind of get out what, what, whilst you can. I certainly think that there's at least an argument for it. And this is, I guess, why we're discussing it on Swing Against the Tide. Yeah, I think so. So let's try and, um, I guess, bring listeners up to speed with, the, I guess, the rationale for for selling him. And I guess the, you know, the rationale for keeping him, therefore, is, is the opposite. As you say, Andy, he's going to Africa, he's going to AFCON, he's going to the African Cup of Nations with, with, with Egypt. Now, we're not exactly sure at this stage when he's going, but we think it's likely to be uh, if... If, 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 the, if the Egyptian FA let him stay longer than he should, then he will be probably hanging around uh, until what game week 20, is that for? Or no, game week 21. 21. Game week 21 for Liverpool. So that means that he now has in the game week 19, obviously a blank. Game week 20 is Leicester. And then game week 21 is Chelsea. Not the easiest fixtures considering he's blanking this week. Then he's going to be away. We think probably for game week 23, 20, sorry, 22, which could, which is likely to be a double, 23 and possibly 24 if, um, if, if, if Egypt, I guess, progressed to the latter stages of the competition. Now, so that's likely to be at least three, maybe four games that he ends up missing, maybe just two game weeks, but three games. Um, he's only playing two more before he goes, and they're against Leicester and Chelsea. He's at his highest value that he's going to be. Therefore, if you're going to sell him, now feels like the time. I guess the flip side, Andy, is that this is Mohamed Salah. He is arguably the best player in the world at the moment. And a game against Leicester, who are COVID hit, a game against Chelsea, who are also COVID hit, but could still go ahead. He has the ability to haul against those teams too. And if you sell him, then you're going to miss out hugely. You know, his ownership is still going to be, you know, if it's three quarters now of the of the game that's got him, it's probably going to be, what, 50% even... I don't know, 50% say by game week 21 that you're still going to have him. So you're still going to suffer massively if he, if he returns or if he hauls. You know, he can get a hat-trick against anyone, let's be frank, especially when he's on penalties for one of the best attacking teams in the league. So it is a bit of a risk, but I guess the other advantage of getting rid of him now is that it frees up funds for other players. And we've already mentioned two on the radar, Son and Ronaldo, that you might not be able to get into your team unless you do sell Salah. And you're probably going to be selling him by game week 22 anyway. So is it worth jumping early? Well, it might be. It might well be because there's also the issue of potential fatigue when he comes back as well. And um, 
so so he might miss game week 24 even just from you know uh, a tight turnaround and flights and stuff although you'd think that, that that Liverpool would of course want to play him if they if they can so um yeah those 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 kind of AFCON issues plus the blank now I think the blank today has really like added to the argument definitely the fact that we found out about the the, the, the Liverpool are going to blank in in 19 um I suppose if I was trying to look at, at it the other way um you know it uh, and maybe this is the cru- this might be the deciding factor on whether it is worth keeping or selling and I suppose we might not find out before this game week's deadline but it's it is that thing about if he's going to continue to play in 20 or 21 as well because if he if he does stay then you know it seems likely that he would only miss two game weeks um he 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 he, I think if I remember rightly it's that the Africa Cup of Nations finishes on the 6th of February Game week 24 starts on the 8th of February. So it would be a tight turnaround if they got to the final for him to then come back and play in the league straight away. So it's maybe a third game week, but an absolute maximum of three game weeks and four four matches, obviously, if 22 22 is a double. And Salah is so um, kind of, you know, crucial and consistent to to teams that if if it turns out that he will play in 20 and 21 and that he, he possibly would play also play in 24, um, then maybe you'd only be missing two game weeks. And if, uh, all these are all ifs and buts, but if I told you right now, it was definitely only two game weeks. I reckon that would, that would adjust your thinking of like, can I get by with just benching him for a couple of game weeks rather than having to like rip up my team and then re rip it up again to get, to get him back in. So just like everything we've talked about on this episode, really, lots of ifs and buts but I think yeah that's the case I guess that's the thinking for sort of being careful and maybe not throwing the baby out with the bathwater but equally all the things you've said I mean yeah if 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 Liverpool can't keep him for that Chelsea game if the Egyptian FA kind of put their foot down I think as far as FIFA rules go like law sort of international sporting law um if Egypt you know um demanded it then that I think Liverpool wouldn't have a choice but 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 to let him go as far as you, you can tell with the regulations you've looked into so uh, that there's like a set number of days before an international tournament that, that that international teams have the right to have the access to their to their players so so you know that then that that if that if that definitely takes one of or both of 20 and 21 out of the question as well it really does start to mount up as 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 you know that that's a huge 13 million pound like waste in in your team that you could be using better elsewhere yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, I mean, the way I'm kind of thinking about it in my head is, you know, it's not a direct switch, obviously, but if, if, you, if I do want to bring Ronaldo in this game week, uh, you know, Newcastle, Burnley, Wolves, as we've discussed, um, then do I, you know, is, do I, would I rather have Ronaldo, but Newcastle, Burnley, Wolves, or Salah, Blank, Leicester, Chelsea? And actually, I'm starting to think I might prefer Ronaldo for that. And, and, and therefore, I think that that uh, obviously influences my decision. And that's without even thinking about the fact that Salah is definitely out for game week 22, which might be a double, um, and probably, or definitely out for 23 as well. And then, yeah, maybe maybe out for 24. So, yeah, I think that possibly is probably, well, that is where I'm thinking. But as you say, if it was only a couple of game weeks and, and he can easily haul and really damage damage your rank against Leicester and Chelsea, you know, could only miss um, two game weeks and then be back for 24 yeah is it worth selling him and as you say I think he's going to be um, working out how to get Salah back is going to be the next big kind of dilemma I think for for, for, for many managers but you know if, if I was to get rid of him it would definitely be my dilemma how can I get Salah back for 
for, for, for that game week 25. I mean, game week 25 at the minute, slated to be Burnley, and then they play Norwich in the next game week. So, you know, you definitely want Mo Salah back for those. And uh, yeah, that Norwich game could be triple captain territory. So, yeah, it's how how can you get him back in back in for those? I, I can't imagine it would be one of the. Yeah, I, I imagine Andy in, in years gone by when we've had when there's been African Cup of Nations issues that players that have been transferred out for Afcon might not have gone straight back in, into into teams. But Salah feels like he's just going to have to go straight back into teams. So there could be some real surgery to get that done. Well, exactly. Yeah. Um... And and that and you you want to avoid that right and and it, like double surgery almost because you, when you're getting him out you're then going to want to spread that money elsewhere and then and then and then recollect the money to to kind of get him back in. Um, just something else that I've thought of that maybe is in favour. Uh, well, I suppose one one argument in favour, one argument get against to, to give balance. I suppose in, in if if um from what Brendan Rogers has been saying. Um, you know, there's a lot more COVID cases going around again in, in the Leicester squad. He wasn't happy that they were forced to play last night by the sounds of it in the in the in the EFL Cup. Um, then potentially that that game week 19 could could also uh, sorry, game week uh, 20 against Leicester could also be postponed. Um, and if, if, if that were to happen, then, you know, even more reason for, for not needing Salah um that 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 would that would cause cause sort of an even bigger headache for for teams and 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 players um but but on the other side if the game was to go ahead one Leicester decimated so that looks attractive for Salah owners and two I think they've kind of been going under the radar slightly sneaky Leicester have kind of almost done a reverse Leicester now in that they people have this perception of playing them is a difficult fixture they're one of the kind of bigger teams um they they're 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 yeah difficult uh it's a difficult fixture but they've kind of gone on the radar under the radar a bit in the sense of um expected goals being conceded in this in this season um they're 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 over the last sort of six game weeks they're sort of really really high up there one of the one of the worst teams um in, in fact over the course of the whole season have have conceded significantly larger amounts of expected goals than they had um in in, in previous seasons so obviously that would be um something you'd want to own Salah for yeah I think that's completely fair and uh, yeah I think that's that's where I've got a, a bit of pause pause for consideration but yeah I, that Ronaldo move is is just so tempting for me so yeah I may end up kind of sell, selling Salah this week I also think yeah it's not really about kind of rolling the dice but part of me just thinks that yeah now's the time to maybe start thinking about a couple of risky moves but it's whether to do that now or not uh that, that kind of remains to be seen and yeah I guess uh I guess you know come uh come our next show Andy we can uh I'll let you know what what I did and I'm sure you're thinking about it uh, as well um with that said Andy it feels like captain our captaincy segment finally has a bit a little bit of juice to it um, I know for in, in, in a few weeks, game weeks gone by, we've definitely captained at players other than Salah. Um, I've gone, I think we both went Ronaldo and uh, when they played Norwich and uh, you went Cancelo last week. But Salah simply can't be on, in, in our captaincy picks this week because obviously his fixture has been postponed. So where else do we look? And I guess the easiest place to start is with Cristiano Ronaldo playing Newcastle. Well, yeah, absolutely. He's had big chances in both the games he's played against uh, under under Rangnick um, against kind of lesser opposition uh, for Man United. Um, he, like we said earlier, is very likely to start and Newcastle have been quite frankly atrocious recently. So, you know, I, I cannot see if Ronaldo plays in this game anything other than big chances for 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 him, um, you, you know, at least a couple. And then therefore, you, you, you know, 
high chances of goals. So if you, if you own Ronaldo and he's playing Newcastle, you surely must be thinking about captaining him. And and um, yeah, he, he's a fantastic option. And, and now with Salah out, I think arguably, possibly looking at our list here, want you know the the standout one for me. It, I would be more worried about whether he'd start or not, even though I'm not that worried about that. But I think that's a bigger concern than if he does, just probability-wise, if he does start, the chance of him getting big chances. I think if he does start, he's almost, I don't, I don't want to tempt fate or anything, but like touching all the wood and, every, and all that, I just think he's absolutely nailed on to be getting some chances in this game. Yeah, consider that fate well and truly tempted then, Andy there. Um, looking forward to uh, me having you to blame when I sit the armband on Ronaldo and he does naff all. Uh, but no, I think I think you're completely, completely fair. I mean, there, there are going to be chances, uh, one, one would imagine, in this game. It's just whether they end up falling to Ronaldo, of course. And uh, he has, you know, he, he comes up with some spectacular finishes and occasionally misses a sitter as well. So you, know, if you just hope that United do end up uh, creating plenty enough for, for Ronaldo to score. Obviously, Newcastle have been conceding, have been conceding some penalties as well, where Recently. So, yeah, uh, one one to look out for. I mean, the, the rest, Andy, is a bit of a mixed bag. I guess we're looking at Son or Kane versus Crystal Palace, maybe Jared Bowen versus Southampton. I guess Antonio possibly in there if fit, but probably not worth risking with, with your armband. Um, as you've discussed, Leicester conceding a lot of goals and they're playing Man City. You know, pick your city um, potential asset. Foden, I guess, if he's back in Pep's good books. Cancelo, obviously, after last week. De Bruyne are always worth a mention as well. And Arsenal players against Norwich. I mean, I'm finding it difficult to kind of sort through any of these. And if I wasn't thinking of bringing Ronaldo in, I think I'd really struggle for my captaincy pick this week. I mean, is this maybe one of the weeks to go for a safe kind of um, defensive option? Try maybe an Arsenal defender, possibly? Well, maybe because you know we often talk about having that clean sheet as a as a as a good base as a, a of a captaincy option, and, and and Norwich is probably one of the safest teams that you could be uh, as a defender playing against, and hoping for a clean sheet. However, given what I've just said um, about Leicester, I suppose in the Salah argument before, maybe there that that's the, that's the next best option. Looking at City players as ever, it's it's the starts maybe with them, but um, they are playing at home against Leicester. I've, I found the stats now that I was kind of fumbling around earlier and um we're in that salary argument and, and and Leicester are yes yeah, sixth worst uh or seventh worst actually in terms of expected goals conceded so most of the teams ahead of them who've, who've conceded more are like the relegation fodder right Newcastle Leeds Norwich Watford Everton Arsenal actually interestingly also ahead of Leicester but but still yeah um Plenty of plenty of um, XG considered at Man United, ironically, the next team after that. But obviously, I've slated them plenty for being not great defensively this season. And Leicester, like I say, have kind of uh, pe- people often slate slate Arsenal for their defensive record. But but Leicester, yeah, sort of un- un- under the radar there. So so City assets at home against a Leicester team who conceded plenty of chances this season. Maybe that's ne- the next best place to look. I would think that one games, unless there's been further transgressions, I would think that one games, you know, punishment off Pep would be enough for, for, for Foden and Grealish. So I'd, I would expect, given that they essentially rested the previous game week, you know, if that game goes ahead, surely they start is what I'm thinking. Um, so if that makes Foden potentially a really like good looking um, captaincy option and then against this Leicester side. And yeah, of, of course, Cancelo, we spoke about him last week. Um, you know, it's, it, Leicester do create chances despite conceding them. So maybe that's that's they're less likely perhaps for a clean sheet than some of these other games, which would make me move away 
perhaps take the more daring move to to, to go for Foden because if if the clean sheet is less of a certainty, then you haven't got that kind of solid uh, low ce- or high ceiling kind of base, if you like. But um, but still, he's he's obviously has shown he can get um, attacking options and City don't traditionally concede many goals at home even against the bigger teams so yeah that that would be kind of where I'd probably be looking next yeah I, th- yeah I think I think I'm inclined to agree with you I think Son appeals a little bit Palace have, have you know have been relatively good at the back in general this year but have conceded have conceded goals at times it's just Tottenham going forward that, that concerns me a little bit but maybe they've turned the corner um, I'm not sure if I'd be looking necessarily for Bowen and and yeah, yeah Martin Martinelli is is really tempting um but it's whether he can do it two game weeks in a row and yeah as an owner of him I think I, it would be it would be ballsy but I'm not sure how ballsy I'm feeling and and yeah I think like I say definitely trying to work out a way to get Ronaldo into my team if I didn't and with no Salah I think I would be really struggling. And yeah, I've, what you've just said maybe would convince me to go Foden. However, um, I'm not not convinced, not, not as convinced as you are that he's going to be uh, back in Pep's good books just yet. Um, let's leave it there then, Andy, and let's finish with who the heck is Stat? Uh, who the heck is Stat is a game that Andy and I like to play, where we take it in turns each week to pick a player from the FPL universe. They must be owned by at least 5% of FPL managers. And then we've got, we get five clues to guess who it is. If we get it after the first clue, we get five points. After the second clue, four points, and so on and so forth. Every time we hear a clue, we get the opportunity to stick or twist with our previous guest, which allows us to not reveal the answer to the end. So you can play along at home, and we get two minutes to have a guess between each clue. And took two points last game week. He is now, therefore, uh, 16-10 in the lead. So I've got some serious clawing back to do, but I feel like a five-pointer is, is, is a long way off at the minute, Andy, but let's see, let's see what we can do. We are, you know, finally, finally, I'm getting a who the heck is stat while we're recording it at a reasonable time. So there is no excuses for me this week. Absolutely none. No, you can have no excuse. And uh, yeah, uh, an episode where, although we've had a lot to discuss, you maybe haven't had as much of a chance of looking at specific players uh so I'm, I'm really trying to find excuses for you in the weeds here but no i really you should be performing well and you've got and you've got a big lead to you know you've got a deficit to 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 make up here so you you really need to be getting your game face on yeah let's get let's get get brain very much in gear uh yeah so yeah i think i'm uh, i'm ready when you are okay then uh without further ado clue number one it is this player's sixth season in FPL and they're on for close to their highest ever score, but it wouldn't actually quite be their highest. It would just be second. Okay, sixth FPL season. Um, and sorry, what was that on for their, not quite their highest ever Almost score? Almost on for their highest ever score, but not quite. They'd just be pipped into second this season. Okay, well, let's do what we, what we always do and go through those those fixtures. Um, the first player that comes to mind is from Liverpool and it would be... Uh, Mane, but I wonder if he's actually over over five percent owned. Maybe not. Trent then possibly. I guess he could be close to six season possibly. Yeah, I reckon he could be close to his best ever, but obviously not. Maybe there would be on for his second. Yeah, I could see that. Um, Leeds. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no to Wolves and uh, and Watford as well. So I've got. Everton hmm, would struggle to think of someone that's having like their second best ever FPL season there. I guess maybe like Damari Gray's probably on for his best, I would have thought. Decore, but I feel like we might have had him. Uh, City, Leicester, hmm, don't, 
Oh, it could be like a Madison, I guess. That's an option. Man City. It could be a number of players there, I, I, I would assume. Arsenal, can't, we can't think of many players that it, that would apply to that have done six years. Norwich, probably not. Um, Palace could be a Zaha feels more than six seasons. Spurs, Son, maybe. But I feel like he's probably not on for his second. 30 seconds. Year. Um, uh, Villa, no. Brighton, no. Brentford, no. Could be a Chelsea player. Could be Son. Or could be Ward Prowse, no, more than six years. Um, right now, who was that? Uh, Arsenal, who was that? Leicester? I said James Madison, didn't I? I'm going to go with James Madison. Let's uh, let's let's get a clue out of the bag early doors. Okay, James Madison. Uh, clue number two. Uh, this player is the fifth highest point scorer at his club and fifth highest in the game at his position. Uh, okay. I doubt, therefore, that's James Madison. Fifth highest at his club could be a thing, but fifth highest at his position feels unlikely. Um, okay, let's think about who maybe the top defenders would be. Trent Cancelo, James, I'm guessing. Um, Livermento, maybe? So, yeah, struggling. Struggling. After that, would it be Reese James? Six seasons? Probably not. So, hmm. six seasons. Difficult. Uh, 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 uh. Hmm. What midfielders are going to be in the top five point scorers? Um, I guess Salah, obviously. Mane, probably up there. Six seasons still. I wonder if it is Mane. Six seasons still feels tricky for him. Forwards, that's going to be hard. Ronaldo, not six. Vardy, not six. Dennis, not six. Antonio, probably not six. I feel very stumped, Mr. Case, not going to lie. Um, 30 seconds. Six, six seasons. Why, why do I keep coming back to Mane? I just don't... I feel like... How many years has he been at Liverpool? What, three, four? Two at Southampton? Maybe, two, maybe it is him. Is he going to be the top five? I don't think he's 5% owned, though. So, that would be my, my issue there. Um, Ten seconds. I'm going to have to stick with Madison. don't think it's him, but yeah, I can't think of anyone else. So, let's... Yeah, let's stick with Jimmy, Jimmy Madison. Okay, moving on then. Uh, clue number three. Only Trent Alexander-Arnold and Mo Salah have more assists in the league this season than this player. Only Trent and Salah have more assists than this player? Correct. Oh, wow. Um, Okay, who's got a lot of assists? I mean, we had this as a trick before, and one of them was Paul Pogba. So, but six years, I guess. Nah, surely not. Surely not. Um, oh God, I'm I'm am I'm a, I'm a struggle. I'm a struggling here. Um, okay, let's go through some of these. Some of these again. Six seasons, fifth highest at his position, fifth highest in his team. I'm wondering if it's going to be a forward because I guess like the top scoring forwards are going to be yeah, what Ronaldo, Dennis, Antonio, and the fifth could be like. Anyone, Lacazette, 
could be could be a could be like a oh I'm trying to even think he's listed as a forward. Not gonna be like Watkins yet this year, is it? Uh Richarlison, maybe. Um oh my yeah, I'm trying to think who else it could be. Pookie, probably not. Wilson, no. Vardy, more than six. Is is yeah, is um what's his chops a striker at City but he doesn't play up front? What's his name? Jesus, is he a striker? Seconds. 30 seconds. Six seasons feels a stretch for him. Doesn't it? Fifth highest scoring. I wonder. I wonder. All right, you know what? I'll switch to him, but I don't think it is him. But I'm going to switch to him because it's definitely not Madison and I'll wait for the next clue to rule him in or out. So switch to who was that? Jesus. Okay. Uh, um, in his... Clue number four. In yeah. his five previous seasons in the league, he has always had at least double-digit attacking returns, breaking 20 twice, but always more goals than assists. This season, he currently has nine attacking returns, but more assists than goals. Okay. I mean, that's interesting because he has been pushed out wide this year. So more assists than goals would maybe make sense. You, what was the, the assist clue was he hasn't had, he's had more, only Salah and Trent have had more assists than him. That's right. He has had quite a few, hasn't he? I think. Because he's never appeared on our radar because we both don't really rate him. But considering the lack of forwards, maybe you should have done. Um, and yeah, I guess more goals than assists in every other season when he's played through the middle would make sense. Double digit attacking returns obviously means like, I guess you could get like, what, seven goals and three assists, which I could see. Eight and two, possibly. And you said that some re- he's had 20 once? Twice. So twice. five previous seasons and he's broken 20 attacking returns combined twice. I mean, I have no reason to come off him, which is what I was hoping for with this second clue. Sorry, fourth clue. The clue for two points. I might have to stick with him. I can't think of who else it could possibly be. Or be, then again, I'm just probably tunnel vision now. I've thought of someone it could be. Um, 20 attacking returns, two seasons. I mean, he has had some big years. But then this is his... He's on pace for his second biggest. 30 which seconds. Be, which would be big. Uh, which other forwards have maybe scored points? I mean, not many, have they? I'm going to have to stick, I think. I can't think of anyone else it could be. Okay. Yeah, I'll just stick there. Sticking. I'm going to be so fuming if it's Manny and he's got like 5.1% ownership. That would be so you. Clue, well, time to find out, isn't it? Clue number five. This player is the only player classified as a forward at his club. Who the heck is that? Okay. So he's also, he is a forward. That rules Manny out. Okay. Only, only player classified as a forward. I mean, this tests. All right. Well, Jesus is a forward at City, and who else do they have? We've mentioned Ferran Torres all year, but he was a midfielder. I just kind of think that, like, 
that Liam Delat might be in there. Um, let's go through the teams again. So Liverpool, who they have as a forward, Origi, and I have a feeling that we thought saw Minamino as a forward. I might be dreaming. Um, Leeds going to have Bamford and Gellhart, uh, Watford, Jimenez and Huang. Sorry, Wolves, Jimenez and Huang, Watford, King and Dennis, Burnley, Wood and what's his chops, the Austrian lad, Everton, Richardson and Rondon, City, Leicester have got Vardy and Nacho Daka, Norwich have got Sargent and Puki, Arsenal, Bamiang, Lacazette, Spurs, Kane, I think Dane Scarlett's in the game. Palace have Ayu and Benteke, West Ham. West Ham, could it be Antonio? Mm. Okay, Southampton, Adams, Brogia. The other one, Villa, Watkins, Chelsea, Lukaku, Werner. Brighton, definitely have more than one. Welbeck and Mapai, Brentford, Force. Okay, well, I'm basically narrowed it team-wise down to Jesus or possibly Antonio. And I think Antonio has been in who the heck is that before. I think he has played more than six seasons. And he's de- probably almost definitely on for his highest ever finish. Probably definitely hasn't got 20 attacking returns in any season. Uh, or maybe he has. Um, I think it has to be Jesus based on that. So I'm going to stick with him. I'm just hope and pray. It is a big festive three points for Chris Hopkins. Oh, Gabriel Jesus. Yeah. Look so, um, yeah, an in- interesting character when you look back at his stats, really. Uh, like I say, lots of assists this season. I mean, that clue, I wasn't sure, obviously, what point you'd be at by the time he came to that clue. But that 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 fourth one that was a bit convoluted there was to try and, if you weren't already on that path, give you that, that hint, really, that it was someone who has played more of a role this season that, that led to them to getting more assists yeah which which has been the case he's kind of played out on that right and I think I may we certainly had it off air I don't know we might have even it might have even creeped on air that we had a bit of a discussion earlier in the season about how he sort of looked more like a bit of a natural position for him and he'd be contributing a bit a bit more out there on the right so um yeah that that was that one and I and I, th- I, I did think there might be a couple of things in there the fact he'd had so many attacking returns I think because he's underperformed his underlying numbers so much you know the, the, his 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 outright numbers kind of go under the radar perhaps um, a little bit and and yeah also the fact that it was his sixth season that that surprised me you you mentioned at one point that, that you thought that might be a bit of a stretch for him and yeah I'm, I'm surprised it's that long he still seems like a, a, a young player and someone relatively new to the league but no this is this is his sixth season so yeah it says everything about forwards as well that he's the fifth highest scoring I mean He's certainly not played. He's played all right when he's played, but he's not played every game by any stretch. I think it was something like 12 or 13 starts um, and a couple of other sort of sub appearances. And, and he's the fifth highest scoring forward in the game. So, yeah, there we are. Gabriel Jesus and three points for Chris. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I would have been fuming had it been Mane. But, yeah, I just kind of felt like more than six seasons. And, yeah, I, I mean, I'm just looking, looking now and... Yeah, 3.7% ownership. And I vaguely remember that when we were tipping him up earlier in the season for a possible Liverpool midfield double up. That, yeah, he might not be really the guy. Oh, well, great stuff. I mean, Andy, um, let's uh, let's leave it there. But I guess uh, our listeners, you know, our tens of listeners might have some, um, might have many questions about how to navigate 
the you know the the festive uh, the festive period the free new free hit yeah, and, and and double game weeks and stuff in the future that we possibly haven't got round to answering so I feel like if they're ever going to have any questions for us it could be this game week so how can they get in touch well, they can find us on Twitter or Instagram at FPL underscore lounge. And yeah, you're uh, you're right. I mean, I'm not sh- necessarily sure with our own uh, festivities to get to over the festive break, but we'll necessarily um, have all of the free time in the world to respond to to specific queries about complex issues like when to use chips and which games are and aren't going to go ahead. But no, I mean, still be great to hear off people. And and, and I'm sure the both of us w- with a bit of doubt, more downtime might have the opportunity to to sort of wander around on 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 Twitter and, and and Insta a little bit more and 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 yeah perhaps get back to to anything people people want to say it'd be, it'd be it'd certainly be interesting to to hear on about your teams and how you think you're going to navigate these these tricky sort of festive fixtures yeah absolutely I think um well my partner's off off working on Boxing Day morning so I'll have plenty of time sitting sitting with my laptop and and a cup of well I don't really drink tea maybe a cup maybe I'll treat myself to a coffee and a bit of toast, uh, soak up the Christmas Day hangover, and yeah, away we go. Let's get those um, let's get those FPL decisions decisions made. I do wonder how like whether a hangover would influence would would mean you'd make kind of like more like sort of cutthroat like oh f it FPL decisions that end up paying off, or or maybe maybe therefore you know can't be bothered to put the effort in, can't be bothered to do the research, therefore it ends up being some poor decisions. I wonder I wonder I wonder kind of where we'd come down on that. Because I can imagine a hangover leading us to make some, be a bit bolder, but less researched, I guess. Maybe yeah, maybe we should do a study. Maybe we should just start drinking more, Andy. Maybe this is is what it comes down to. If there's one thing you and I, maybe Chris, need to take away from our lives, I don't think it's that we need to drink more. Yeah, fair enough. I'm not sure that's a lesson either of us need to learn. But hey, I mean, it's Christmas, so let's give ourselves a free pass for the next Absolutely. couple of weeks. Absolutely, yeah. And we do, obviously, um, the next time you hear from us, we'll be, uh, in, we're hoping to do uh, to do a podcast in between um, game week 19 and 20. Uh, not quite sure exactly when at the minute, but yeah, obviously that means that we won't be speaking to you before Christmas Day. So we do obviously wish all of our listeners a very Merry Christmas. But yeah, you will be hearing from us just after Boxing Day, uh, hopefully where we can preview game week 20 and wrap up game week 19 as well. Uh, but Andy, until then. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge.